plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, along with my co-host, Brian Patterson, and welcome to Locked On Texans. We are your daily home for Texans news, views, and interviews, and we got all of the above in this one. Let's set the table. I had a chance to talk to Texans rookie Dylan Cole. You'll hear our chat a little later. You'll also find out how you can easily win a free subscription to Pro Football Focus. The headliner for this one's going to be, should the Texans deal Tom Savage. I don't know how many people have really thought about this yet, but this is something that's kind of already been on my mind and Brian as well. And and he even focused on it on his house of Houston website. So we're going to get to that in just a bit, but before we do that, some minor news. Remember that yours truly suggested the Texans put wide receiver and special teams aficionado Chris Thompson on the roster before the end of training camp. Well, Brian, after three bad weeks of coverage, Thompson is being promoted to the active roster and wide receiver Andy Jones is out. Hey, I'm going to give you the big Robert. I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> I, I have to, Rob. Yeah, you, you, you called it, man. Yeah, because I, I, I had Chris Thompson. You know, I didn't have him on the active roster. I had him on the practice squad because he looked great in preseason. You know, he flashed quite a bit. I didn't want to leave him, but yeah, they need to go on and get him on this roster now before he gets snatched up. Uh, Cause you know, his as people go through the season and people look at each other's practice squads, you know, you know they're, they're going to be looking at guys like Chris Thompson, fast guys that can cover. So we're, we're going to see um, Andy Jones. He just never really made his mark here. I, he, he became a Texan twice. So it's, it's crazy. Um, I don't think I've seen something like this in a while where they've done all this shuffling with wide receivers. But considering the problems we're having, it's not too surprising. But uh, good for Chris Thompson. I'm happy he's on the active roster now. All right, man. Well, let's get to the the headline for this show because I'm excited about this one, Brian. Should the Texans seriously look at dealing Tom Savage before the deadline? Now, we know Watson is starting as long as he's healthy. So he's the quarterback of the future, there's no doubt after the last couple of games, Savage is a free agent at the end of the year. He's as good as gone no matter what happens. He'll want to go somewhere where he has a chance to start. Ask his agent about that. Um, then this offensive line isn't good enough to make a real playoff run if Watson does get hurt. Uh, to me, Brian, the only reasons to hold on to Savage are, number one, You can't get more than a late round pick for him. So maybe it's you're not going to get anything for dealing him. Or you think the Texans have a real chance of winning with him as opposed to maybe re-signing Brandon Whedon. Uh, Where are you on this? I'm on wall for trading Tom Savage because he needs an opportunity to play. This is his last season of his rookie deal. So he, he ultimately needs to go out there 
and uh, and, and be productive and show that he's ready to earn a deal. And you know, there are a lot of places where he could play, where he could be a quarterback. I was looking at the Jets and um, especially Jets fans. He came back and forth with me saying that we don't want your, we don't, why would we have a need for your quarterback? Or, you know, we, we were trying to stock up on picks and we're trying to rebuild uh, through the draft. So, no, obviously they don't like the Tom Savage coming, but we have a history with dealing with McCagnan. McCagnan works for, uh, he worked for the Texans for quite a while. He's still running the Jets. Uh, there's no doubt that Rick Smith has called him at least about something because they've got a lot of things that we want. They've got young players and they've got draft picks out the wazoo. So I would love to deal with them if they're willing to pry away maybe a, a fourth rounder. You know, he was a fourth rounder himself, Tom. But uh, we we have things that they that that we have that they want and we can go out and get some of the things that we want as well. So uh, I've been keeping my eye on it. I even wrote a piece about it. No matter how crazy this sounds, you've got three good quarterbacks on the roster. Josh McCown's our guy right now. They've got Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. Maybe we can figure out a way how to pry Christian Hackenberg away. And he backs up Deshaun Watson. We know it's not going to be a competition, but at least uh, he'll be in a situation where we will have a capable backup that's pretty young and is going to be able to to, to quarterback this team in case Deshaun Watson gets hurt. But, you know, all in all, I mean, if you bring Brandon Whedon in, I mean, it, it's, it's not going to hurt at all. He still has, you know, terrific arm strength. I don't know about anything else that he has, but he, he's still got an arm and he could, you know, win some games for this team. He's already proven that he's able to do that. Yeah, I've got a guy, another guy in mind for for maybe a backup quarterback spot for the Texans, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. Hold, hold that thought, but let, let's go through some of the teams first of all, Brian. And and you mentioned the Jets uh, with Josh McCown. You know, they could say we we're re- rebuilding or whatever, but it, it starts and ends with the quarterback. We we know this. You know, if you're a team out there and you're looking to to be, make a splash and become relevant again, you've got to have a quarterback. So the Jets. You know, they could say, well, we love somebody at the top of this draft, but you want all the options that you can have. That's one thing I've learned being a Texans fan is the Texans didn't go out a lot of times and and draft guys and have many guys out there and available and on your roster. So if something happens, if somebody looks good and then all of a sudden falls apart, see Matt Schaub, uh, see Mark Sanchez, if you're a Jets fan, then, you know, you've got other options now. Uh, you know, to me, it's would they be willing to give you a third or fourth round pick for Tom Savage? You know, they got to be able to willing to roll that dice and, and, and just take a look at Savage and see if he's got a shot to be their quarterback of the future over the next, uh, say, 10 or 12 ball games. You know, to me, that's what it comes down to. I think Tom Savage can be a pretty decent quarterback in the NFL. He's not going to do it behind an offensive line like the Texans. So he needs to go somewhere where the offensive line is decent. Now, I, I don't know a ton about the Jets' offensive line. I don't know if that's a good fit. But let's look at some of the other teams, Brian. They're got better the, than ours. You got the 49ers with Brian Hoyer. You got uh, a QB guru like Kyle Shanahan. Could he be interested? And, and here's my favorite team, Brian. You, you said the Jets and because we have a relationship. But how about the Vikings? Big issues. They're playing Case Keenum right now, Sam Bradford is iffy. Neither one of those guys is your quarterback of any sort of future if you're a team that's serious about having a future with a quarterback. Now, how good would it be, could they be, if they had a decent QB? I think those are the three teams that 
we should seriously consider Savage. And if you can get a third round pick or even an early fourth, I'd be willing to make this move. Yes, it's a good QB draft, but a team like the Vikings, and this is the key, Brian, for me, a team like the Vikings won't be quite good or won't be quite bad enough to get a top five or top 10 pick. Also, keep in mind the Texans don't have a first or second round pick right now. They should get a third round compensatory pick, uh, but you might be able to package a couple of picks to move up into the second round if you're the Texans. If you can just get that extra third or fourth that could be super valuable for a team that's with no first and no second right now. Uh, if this team wants to be like the Patriots, I'm talking about the Texans, then they need to think like the Patriots, Brian. They need to do something like this. And to me, the Vikings are probably the best match when I look at things all together. Yeah, and what the Patriots did, they they saw a value in Jacoby Brissett, traded them to the Colts, got Philip Dorsett out of the deal, and it seems like it's worked for both sides. So, and it seems pretty even. So, uh, you know, they, the Texans have until October 31st, so a little over a month to decide what they're going to do uh, before the trade deadline. There's another guy that may be traded as well, and we're going to have to talk about that maybe on a different show, you know, Dwayne Brown, if the situation doesn't get resolved. But back to Tom. Um, and just doubling back to, to uh, San Francisco, Brian Horry is looking good over there with the 49ers, with Kyle Shanahan and his ability to work with quarterbacks. It made me wonder, is it Bill O'Brien's system or or what's what's going on? Because he passed for 332 yards last week in that uh bloodbath that they had against the uh the you know against the rams you know they were going back and forth it was a shootout so we know brian hoyer is capable of uh, putting up great numbers but he just didn't seem to get it done here so you know san francisco is certainly an option for a young quarterback like tom savage i still think he is a capable a solid quarterback that could even start in this league but the only thing about him is he's your traditional quarterback he can't run and he's he's got to have a, a pretty good offensive line. But, you know, as I said, the, the, I believe the Jets have a better offensive line than we do. Uh, just about everybody, you know, except for a few teams does as well, you know, in terms of the numbers that I've been looking at. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. But the Vikings situation is very, very intriguing. Those were some of the teams that I had come up with as far as places that he could go. Um, I don't know about the Saints, he could definitely get a backup role there because, you know, Drew Brees only has maybe a couple more seasons left. But you're not going to get a middle round draft choice for a backup quarterback that's free agent at the end of the season. I mean, that to me, that yeah. I don't see that as a possibility. And you just yeah. go, going back to what you said about Brian Hoyer, uh, to me, let me see him against somebody besides the Rams defense because they scored three points in the loss to the Panthers. They scored you know, whatever it was, uh, nine points, I think, in the loss to the Seahawks in week two. So uh, Brian Hoyer, just based off one week against the Rams on a short week, a Thursday night game, we know all the weird stuff that happens on Thursday night. Throw that out. But I I, I still, I think the Vikings, and and if the Vikings would be interested in maybe a third-round pick, because a third round could be just a middle, middle of the third-round pick for them, Uh, but maybe even a fourth round. I might even be willing to be a fourth-round pick. And I'm just going to, my last little thing on this, Brian, and I'm just going to throw this as a wild card into the mix. You know, Tom Savage as a backup quarterback for the Texans, to me, if you want to go somewhere uh, while Deshaun Watson, if he was out for a couple of games, 
I'd rather have a guy with some mobility as opposed to Savage. And uh, so I don't say uh, Brandon Whedon, but this is the guy I would say to sign if you were the Texans and you did trade Tom Savage. And it's Colin Kaepernick. And yeah, I know it's it, he's he's blackballed. It's it's not going to happen. But Colin Kaepernick fits with what the Texans are doing now with their offense and and they wouldn't have to change as much and with a bad offensive line Kaepernick could deal with it the same way that Deshaun Watson did and to me that makes the most sense if you do trade Tom Savage and honestly he makes the most sense even if you don't trade Tom Savage because we know what's going to happen if Tom Savage gets behind this offensive line it's going to be a nightmare again and let me tell you Rob I I would love nothing more for the Texas to sign Colin Kaepernick because this guy needs a chance this is a matter of if the McNairs are going to let this happen, if they're going to allow something for this to happen, because you already know what happened with the NFL protests over the weekend, how much of a divisive situation this is, you know, whether to kneel or to stand or to put your hand over your heart, all kinds of things. And with him coming into the picture, um, it certainly would ruffle a lot of feathers. But once he gets out there in place, well, people will forget about him real quick. But the statement that Bob McNair put out definitely shows that he is willing to, I guess, um, acclimate to the situation that that's at hand. I would have been more concerned had he not had a response uh, to what was going on because he, you know, he was he backed Trump. He was a big Trump supporter. He gave him a lot of money for his campaign and he distanced himself, you know, with this statement. Does this mean that he could go back on the feeling that? You know, hey, Colin Kaepernick is a great quarter. I mean, he's a capable quarterback. He's solid. Let's bring him in and see how how that works. It, it, I, I'm trying to channel Bob McNair, but yeah, it's not it's not going to happen. I mean, look, I mean, it's not going to happen. Let's, let's be for real about it. Yeah, it, it, he's he's not going to do it because he's worried he's going to lose money. You know, off of people who would just say, I, I, I'm turning in my season tickets. It's not about it's not about him losing money. I don't think I mean, I don't think it I, I don't think anything's going to change as far as there's no money that's going to change. This is about, you know, Bob McNair likes a certain type of guy on his team that toes the line or whatever. It's not going to happen. But look, if you want to be the New England Patriots, then you do the prudent thing if you can and, and turn Tom Savage into something. And maybe maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I, maybe Tom Savage has no value. Maybe all anybody would give you is a sixth or seventh round pick. Maybe they'd look at Tom Savage. And, and I've got a, a buddy of mine in the media. We were debating about this. And he said, oh, nobody would want Tom Savage. He's been hurt his entire career. He's never thrown an NFL touchdown in a game. Uh, you know, he, he gave me a, a, this list of reasons. But, you know, to me, Tom Savage is – a guy that has it hasn't really been given a fair shot with a good offensive line, uh, except for like a game or two at the end of last season. Uh, his first year, it, it was it was going to be a learning curve because he had barely played in college. He was going to be a long term project. His second year, he was out the whole year. Uh, part of that was, uh, you know, just being behind a fourth or third or fourth. A string offensive line in a preseason game. Part of that was the Texans, I think, put him on injured reserve when they didn't have to do that and left him out the whole year. Uh, and, and then last season, they decided that, oh, Brock Osweiler, he's the quarterback of the future, so they put the money into Brock Osweiler. So there, there were some mitigating circumstances, and if you've watched it unfold, that's what's happened. I mean, look, I mean, Brian, don't kid yourself, but they're not going to do it. I'm just telling you what I would do 
if I were the Texans, maybe they would still consider trading Tom Savage. I I tend to think that they wouldn't um, because I don't think they understand that maybe Tom Savage has a value out there. Uh, I also don't think that uh, they they think, I also don't think they think uh, a Brandon Whedon or somebody is going to be quite as good as Tom Savage if if Deshaun Watson gets hurt and they want to, you know, they want to, Maybe get you a win or two if, if you need it, if, if, if Watson goes out for three or four games. I don't see it happening. I'm just telling you what I would do. If, I, if you go to Vegas, what Vegas would say is the, the odds that Tom Savage is going to play anymore this year are not good. The odds that Tom Savage are going to walk are almost 100%. So if you can get anything for Tom Savage, and I don't think a seventh-round pick excites me, but if you can get anything, if you can get, say, a fourth-round pick or even a third-round pick, you know, if you're lucky, uh, then, then it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to trade Tom Savage. That, that's just my final, that's my final answer on that. If you have – and let me tell you this. If, if you have won games and you are healthy and you at least have a competency of how an NFL pro offense works, you're going to have a job in this league. And he has all the attributes of what the way a quarterback should play and how they should look. And he's got the arm strength. He's got it all. And so he should have value in this league. So all these people that say he doesn't have any value, uh, you know, it's not worth it to trade him. We can't trade him. Oh, yeah, he's got value. It's just a matter of how desperate teams are. We, you know, when we get toward the trade deadline, Things may be a lot different then than they are now. They're not desperate because we're still very early in the season. But when you need a quarterback, you're going to do what you can to get the guy that you need. And there are teams out there that are desperate. I mean, I think the Vikings should be desperate. They Uh, should. the The Jets and the 49ers should be desperate because they don't have anything right now. And you can go, we're going to draft a guy and you could bank your money on that. But you don't know how the draft is going to unfold. Things could change. Teams could trade up. Uh, teams could trade down. You don't know what's going to happen. And to me, uh, not just banking on one quarterback, just going, well, I'm going to bank on this, drafting this one guy in, in the draft and that's going to solve our problem or I'm going to figure it out in the draft or whatever. I think that's a failed hypothesis. We've seen a lot of teams do that and they've you know, come up with uh, nothing but zeros on that. So you, you, to me, you, you get as many options as you can. And you could say, well, I'll wait and get Tom Savage on the free agent market. You know, I'll wait, you know, 13 games or 12 games or whatever, however long it would be. But you've also got to think if I have a year to kill, like some of these teams that we've mentioned that aren't going to win a championship this year and might not make the playoffs, then and probably not going to make the playoffs for a couple of the teams we mentioned, then why not? Why not just take a look at Tom Savage? Is it worth, you know, maybe investing in a third or fourth round pick or something like that, just to say, well, you know, let's take a look at him. Let's see if if he can help us. And and maybe he's a guy that is in the rotation going into next season after we do still draft somebody. And I would still draft him if I was a a team like that, because you you can't have enough options. Exactly. And you always have to leave them open because you never know what situation you'll be in where you have different variables that you have to utilize uh, to improve your team. And, you know, as with the Texans, you know, that that's why they let a lot of these guys go because of the compensatory picks. So, you know, they already had this plan in mind. And, you know, if I knew that they were just trying to stock up on picks uh, just to try it because they knew they were going to have to give up something for Deshaun Watson, 
Uh, but, you know, that's a very good ploy. So, you know, wh- who knows what the Texans are thinking right now? But I already know, for beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Rick has already made calls on who wants Tom Savage, what what kind of he's trying to get a feeler of what kind of value he has right now. And I guarantee you, he does have some value, but he may he's going to wait until things get a little toward the deadline. And then that way um, he'll get what he wants. And it's a whole other conversation, but Dwayne Brown is a, probably another guy that they're looking to trade and, and maybe get that, sec- that second round pick back for, uh, you know, that, that you, that you need a uh, Dwayne Brown, I think is going to go to a different team, a team that feels like, Oh, we we've got everything we need, like a Seattle and they need some help on the offensive line. So I, 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 I don't think you're going to see Dwayne Brown go somewhere like uh, one of those really bad teams. He's going to go to another team. So I don't think you're, you're going to package uh, with somebody like Dwayne Brown with Tom Savage. So yeah, I, just, I don't think that's going to happen, Brian. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It, it's just an observation. Uh, you know, I've, you know, sometimes I yell out crazy stuff and it actually happens. And then I just scratch my head. I'm like, didn't think it was going to happen, but, yeah, but you, you, sometimes you just got to be realistic. And uh, what you've given is, is certainly what would be the likely, you know, when you have the, the realist type view of it. Well, in yesterday's show, we, we did a little grading of the Texans, and we do, we do our grading on Mondays, our look at, look at what the Texans did you know, from our perspective, but also from Pro Football Focus's perspective. Uh, so, Brian, how can our listeners win a free subscription to Pro Football Focus and, and do a little research into, into their grades and, and what they show? Yes, uh, there are ways where you can get a free uh, membership. You go on the website, you look around, and you want to get that that edge package. You want to get uh, what you see there. You know, it's a forty dollar value. You 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 just kind of back away from it because of the money you have to invest. But we're going to get you that package for free just by listening to us. That's all you have to do. When you're done, you know, and listen. You're I'm pretty sure you're listening right now. Go to the you go to iTunes, review us, review this podcast, let us know how we're doing, and uh, be honest, let us know what we can improve on, let us know what we're we're doing good at, and uh, just give us a few stars and leave your Twitter handle if you have a Twitter handle, leave it there or a way for us to contact you, and we pick one winner a week, and you could be well on your way to earning a pro football focus subscription free of charge up to a year so. That's all you have to do, and you'll have all the stats that you need to give you the edge that you're looking for. If you are trying to figure out who to start for your fantasy football team, you've got the stats to do it. There's a special uh, formula that they do that you can look at to help you make your decision. So pro football focus, that's what we're all about here, and you can have a package of your own. Well, before you before you go to that and, and, and do what Brian said, or maybe while you're, you're doing that, um, listen to our interview. Uh, I did a little inside the locker room. I talked to rookie Dylan Cole. You're going to hear that in just seconds. Just one last reminder. If you're a new letter listener, pass the word along to a friend or two, let them know they can find us on iTunes and all of your regular podcast apps. Don't forget to listen to my Houston sports talk podcast. So far this week, we've had Bob Ballou talking Longhorn football, our Longhorns insider from CBS in Austin. Listen to our Lockdown Network colleague, Ben DuBose, and his Lockdown Rockets podcast as the Rockets are underway. They've already started up, believe it or not. It's here. So without further ado, let's hear a little bit from Dylan Cole.
We're joining me inside the locker room is Dylan Cole, inside linebacker. And uh, first of all, just uh, let me get your thoughts on the uh, first couple of games that you're, you're getting a considerable amount of playing time. It's, it's got to be pretty uh, amazing just to, to go out there, first of all, on national television against the Bengals, and then, and then you're going up against uh, the Patriots uh, in, in Foxborough. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a neat experience. It's one of those dreams that you get to start living out. Just try not to take it for granted and uh, make sure I absorb it every second of it and, and, and really enjoy the process. Yeah, like you said, you get to play on national television uh, in the biggest league in America. So, I mean, I, I feel feel very privileged to be a part of it. And um, I just I hope that I can just keep striving and, and, uh, and working and so I can I can stay part of it. How did you feel like you did the first couple first couple times out there? You know, I was, I was a little nervous, to be honest with you, uh, to get the players that you're playing against are the, the guys you've been looking up to for a long time. So uh, I think I, I did some good things. I think there are some plays that I left out there getting caught up in the moment and, and not understanding what I need to do or uh, or just just a few rookie mistakes that I, I can definitely um, I, I can definitely fix so uh, I mean there's some good and some bad it's just part of football do you feel like it's a you're playing a totally different game when you're going up against uh, a Tom Brady is it a different mental game that he's playing with you a little bit uh, on, the, on the line of scrimmage and the stuff that he's doing uh, changing calls and things like that uh, I think uh, our coaches put us in a, a very good spot, um, uh, specifically with Tom Brady. I think uh, it's just our job to execute it. I think um, we don't have to worry about what he's doing because our coaches do that, and then they just put us in the right spot. So when your coaches prepare like that and they prepare you for, for stuff like that, I mean, it's one of those things that you don't have to think on the field. You can just play. What is different between what you thought it was going to be like as an NFL player and going through all this the first few months and, and what it's been so far? Uh, I, I definitely thought I was football savvy when I got here, and uh, I was definitely humbled uh, the first couple of days uh, when they threw that playbook down. I've learned a lot. Um, I think, uh, like I said, I think I thought it was going to come a little easier than it was, and uh, I'm definitely learning each day and definitely appreciate the guys that I have around me because uh, there's not, not a lot of veterans, I would say, out there that are willing to help rookies like me, and we got a great group of guys in this locker room. It's, it's been a very humbling experience. How much of a help is it to have somebody like Bernardrick McKinney, who's a veteran, but he's not been around that long? He remembers what it's like to be a rookie. It's been three or four years for him. Yeah, uh, he's, he's been a, a great great resource for me um he understands uh, what it is what it looks like uh to be uh, a rookie in this league and it's pretty fresh on his mind i would say and he's telling me that he's still learning stuff and uh it's just it's part of the league i mean you don't the league changes every day and uh every year and so you have to adapt and that's what um, he's kind of teaching me how to just just be adaptable and um and not stress out about everything and just and just relax he's a really uh uh, relaxed dude, pretty funny and uh, outgoing. So it's uh, he he definitely calms my nerves when I when I uh, when I'm out there. You come in with the rookie Zach Cunningham, so he's going through a lot of the same things that you're going through uh, as an inside linebacker in the NFL. Did you guys know each other? How has your relationship developed? Uh, and, and what did you know about him and of him before you got here? We never knew each other beforehand, but when we got here, I mean, we, we go through the same struggles, uh, same position, so we understand like uh, what each other is going through and uh, definitely study the playbook together. And Our relationship's just building each day, and, and I think uh, we're just helping each other grind through each day and understand what we need to do as rookies. I mean, two inside linebackers as rookies, and uh, we're getting pretty significant playing time so uh, we gotta we gotta kind of climb on each other and make each other better I think I think that's the the main point of that is building relationship with your rookies you just make each other better and and those are the guys that um, you're you come in with and uh, grind through rookie mini camp with and uh, that was definitely a grind and OTAs and all that good stuff so he's been around 
for a long time. I feel like I know him for a, for a long time just because uh, these past four months have been been really long for us. What is it like being behind Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt? What do you see with those guys that maybe you, you couldn't see just watching them on television maybe when you're back in Springfield at Missouri State and seeing them up close right now? It's, it's hard for uh, – for anyone to understand like how great those players are uh, we got a, a, a great D-line even I mean DJ Reader um, Brandon Dunning uh, Christian Covington I mean they're all they're all really good it's hard to understand and appreciate how, like, how good they are until you're behind them and uh, they're taking on double teams and uh, and attracting a lot of um, offensive line so it's a lot easier for linebackers to play behind that yeah no offense to the guys back in Missouri State but these guys are these guys are the best, and they know how to play this game. And it's like I said, it's a lot easier at linebacker when you got guys like that that attract so much attention uh, for teams that they have the scheme against them, and they forget about the rookie linebackers. What does it mean when you go up against the defending Super Bowl champion and you play a game that you played? I mean, you, you didn't quite get over the hump, but boy, I mean, you, you know that you can play with these guys uh, this early in the season. It's, it, that's got to help a little bit your confidence as a, as a defensive unit and, and as a team in general. We can always talk about almost and stuff like that, but uh, we wanted to win that game, and that's all that matters. And uh, we lost, so we definitely understand that there's a lot that we can we can improve from that game, and a lot that um, that needed to happen in that game that we just didn't didn't quite get. So it's back to the you know back to the drawing board and uh, figuring out what we did wrong and what we did right, and um, and uh, improving on the wrong and uh, and keeping keeping on the right. What's been the coolest moment for you uh, as an NFL guy? Just uh, is, is there been a moment that you just it hit you that oh my goodness I'm playing in the NFL? Uh, that's <laughs> I've I've tried to have that moment. I'll be honest with you, but it, it has not clicked yet. It's uh, it's one of those things that's kind of over my head. Like I, I really can't get a grasp of it, and I think that's just because uh, I mean this is a serious business, and I mean once you think you've made it, that's that's the time you get cut. So that's how I'm looking at it, and it's it's definitely a great experience. But hopefully that moment will hit me when I retire, and hopefully that's a long da- long way down the road. As you approach kickoff, is is there like a million things racing through your mind? Are you thinking all the all the different technical things that you're supposed to think about? Are you thinking about, you know, what it's like to be to, that you're going to be playing a game against a, an NFL opponent? Do you, do you get that chance, or is it is it more like I've got to remember I got to do this and I got to do that? Yeah, it's just um, uh, before the game. It's more me just trying to relax, uh, thanking God that I'm in this position, and um, and then and then understanding that like this is football, and I've been doing this for 17, 18 years now, so uh, it's no different. Um, uh, just gotta, just gotta calm down. Uh, that's one of those things. Like, I mean, if you start getting caught up in the moment, your nerves and uh, your anxiety can really kick in. And so, um, you gotta, you just gotta calm down a little bit, um, relax those nerves, and, and understand what you need to do throughout the game. What's your hype music? Do you have hype music before the game? Oh uh, no, I'm not. I'm not like a hype music kind of guy. I, I, if I listen to music, it's, it's whatever is on shuffle. Um, not, not too specific. Normally, I just, I just. I have my headphones out and uh, talking with someone. Um, just trying to. I don't want to. I don't want to get too locked in, especially this early in my career. I feel like uh, if I get that locked in, that's when my anxiety rolls because I'll start overthinking things and stuff like that. So yeah, no hype music, just pretty laid back and normal when it comes to comes to pregame stuff. For the fans uh, that don't know Dylan Cole yet, what, what do you do? Like, what's what's what do you do when you're not playing football? What, what's your uh, thing for for fun time and, and maybe something that you would do? Uh, on the plane on the way to a game or something like that just just for uh, relaxation i'm not really sure honestly uh things outside of football this is this has been my life for a long time so honestly 
I'm a pretty simple guy. I like a nice bowl of cereal every once in a while, some candy, but I'm as plain Jane as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Does it help this week to, to when you go up against a Marcus Mariotti and the things that he can do as a quarterback to, to be able to see Deshaun Watson every day at practice? Because, you know, Deshaun was playing on the, on the second team, and I, I think you, you guys probably played a lot against each other during camp, and so you've seen a lot of him in practice and in training camp and minicamp and things like that. Yeah, yeah, they're both good quarterbacks, pretty similar. Um, so uh, I think scheming against them be the same way as we uh, approach Deshaun in practice. Uh, just understand we need to contain him, uh, contain the pocket. It's a little different than Brady. We were trying to get him out of the pocket, trying to disrupt the pocket this time. We're trying to contain the pocket and make sure that uh, uh, Mario doesn't get out. I'm not quite sure what the scheme is, but um, I assume that would be probably one of them, just the way that we try to play Deshaun in practice through rookie minicamp and OTAs and training camp. Well, thanks so much for doing this, and good luck this year, and congratulations on uh, taking advantage of a great opportunity that you've had. Appreciate it. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17 